President Biden gets rolled by OPEC, and he claims he was raised politically by Puerto Ricans. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch Podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new, completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. No, the, the, the trip was not essentially for oil. The trip was about the Middle East and about Israel and, and rationalization of positions. But it is a disappointment, and it says that there are problems. Are you worried about it? Well, the, uh, goodness, he would walk backwards in his little press conference. That was kind of creepy. It was like that scene from, I think it was the director's cut of The Exorcist, where you, I, well, it, it's not a spoiler because you guys should already know, but it's when she, uh, that little girl that was possessed, when she crab walked up the stairs, and then he turned, he just, it was just a weird press conference or a little weird press avail. It wasn't actually a press conference per se, but when they started asking him questions, and if you receive the email newsletter, you'll you'll see the meme that I shared. He'd kind of Homer Simpson disappeared into the bushes welcome to the program it's good to be with you this friday what a week one hell of a week ladies and gentlemen and we're gonna get you start started right and get you set up for your weekend i'm dana lash your hostess here this very crazy crazy friday and a number of things to update you about we're also going to get into some midterms i got some midterm numbers for you some more polling as it comes in and we also are going to talk to uh, one of the candidates that's actually getting a lot of attention in the press. She's fiery, Carrie Lake. We're going to talk with her uh, coming up about her race as well. And I think that she had, she was doing an interview, I think this was maybe yesterday, and she had, in it, well, the press allowed her to expose the extremity, the, the absolute extremism of how far democrats have moved when it comes to abortion so we're gonna we're gonna talk with her later on in the program i have some hate mail that we're going to be sharing later on in the program as well we'll probably be hitting that uh in our third hour so lots of stuff lots of stuff to discuss today so first and foremost you got the uh you got my friday prep email for you subscribers to the newsletter yeah the meme was reporter does a journalism and joe biden disappears into the bushes he said it's a disappointment and there are problems. And he was talking, you heard him, he's talking about uh, energy and the situation with OPEC and OPEC Plus. 
which is not a good situation at all. Not a situation that we want to be in. And then, of course, it came out as well that his discussions with Venezuela, it's wild to even say this, are still ongoing. Still ongoing. Meanwhile, it's a disappointment and there are some problems. Even CNN ran a piece super critical of his, I guess, the pressure campaign that they were engaging in to try and, and, I guess, coerce Saudi Arabia and OPEC and the Russian, well, I don't know if the Russian nations were the, that make up part of the OPEC plus were going to get into it. But now speaking of that, by the way, he really, he was, at, so he was at a, uh, a, he's starting to do some fundraisers and you can see now why no one wants him to do fundraisers. You can see now why no one wants him talking. He was speaking at a Democratic uh, fundraiser. This was last night. And he, this is one of the most irresponsible things I can think of. He said that nuclear Armageddon, the risk is at the highest since 1962. He says that he's a, he said of Putin, quote, he's a guy I know fairly well, and he's not joking when he talks about the use of nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. His, his, and he continued, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Wow. I, I, I think this is why they don't let him just speak. I can't wait for Ron Klain to walk this back. You know this is going to happen at some point. Just waiting for it. Now, already there was one White House official who was not authorized to comment publicly, and he only spoke on the condition of anonymity, of course, to the Associated Press, saying that Biden was, of course, speaking very broadly about the administration's growing concerns. He was conveying that they see his rhetoric as reckless and irresponsible, and they're taking it seriously. You know, these are remarks that are in lines with warnings that he's, that he's made. Now, what he did was, it, his remark was crazy. And then he kept going. Quote, I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. He keeps saying it and he keeps acting like we're already in a nuke face off and we're not. This is just absolutely reckless. If Trump would have said something like this, they would have lost their minds. And for good reason, because this is just it is it's provoking hysteria for no for Why? This is one of the most irresponsible and reckless things that you could say. You can't just sit here, oh, well, you know, we're closer to ever, you know, Armageddon and the whole world being wiped out than we've ever been before. That's what it's all about. Good heavens. And this speech, he's giving this at a fundraiser. Surely this is going to come up in the White House press avail today. But just the worst timing I think I can imagine, especially since now you have the, you have the Saudis that are kind of aligning with the Russians because Biden spurned them. He just decided to trash the association. There are no good actors in certain situations. Can we just jettison right now this idea that everybody has to be perfect when we're going to, especially in a geopolitical situation, you have to go with the lesser of the two evils in the, in the way that best enhances security for our interests, the United States. Do you think Armageddon's coming, sir? Runs away. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just wild. Absolutely wild. Now, ahead of the election, we're going to come back to this because I'm, I had to see them. I should force you to see them, too, but I'm not going to do it because they're so gross. Weirdo pervert Hunter Biden. Now it looks like the word is 
is that there is federal agents reportedly have enough evidence. This was a story leaked by out of Washington Post. Someone is talking to Washington Post. If you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show that is viewable on YouTube or the first or Facebook, Juan saved you all having to go and purchase eye bleach. This is pretty much the only photo that we can show of uh, Hunter Biden from the latest cachet of weirdo, nudie, cracked out wacko pics. It's just weird. But federal agents, somebody's talking to Washington Post because this piece popped Early yesterday evening, they say federal agents see chargeable tax and gun purchase case against Hunter Biden. Now, it's up to U.S. Attorney David Weiss as to whether or not he's going to charge Hunter Biden. Now, the let me explain the charges. The tax situation is he is and this all details. This is why we know the laptop was real, because the evidence that is also involved in this case that is forming part of uh, the probable cause is was on that laptop that was seized. There were, there were two, and then the cloud, and then the other laptop. So all of those people who were suspended on social media for sharing that story, it was absolutely factual. Furthermore, it's also partially making up the FBI's case or the federal, the, the, the Fed's case against this and whether or not this U.S. attorney decides to charge. So that's interesting. So those charges, the first part, the tax charges are related to income that he is said to have hidden, and it was income that he made with China. That was from his firm that he formed with a, uh, a communist member of the Chinese party. They co-founded that firm. That was the firm, by the way, that also helped facilitate the Chinese acquisition of one of the world's, or actually the world's largest cobalt mine in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there were a, there was a lot of money that Hunter Biden and his firm made off of that. And in, in addition to that business arrangement, there were apparently a bunch of others that were not disclosed. And he's required to do so by law. That's a pretty serious offense. And so that's one part of the investigation into this. And it all has to do with those dealings with China. Now, the second is his purchase of the handgun. He rats on himself in his own memoir when he purchased the handgun that he is now in all of these photos across the Internet shown to be carrying. When he purchased this firearm, he lied on his 4473. One of the direct questions, I think it's like 13 or 14, is whether or not you are addicted to drugs. Are you a drug addict? The exact time, and I've written a couple of pieces about this, the exact time that he purchased his firearm, the exact time that he filled out that 4473, the exact year, was also in his own memoir, one of the years that he said he was, that was at his worst, his peak of drug addiction. He was a crack addict by his own admission at the exact same time that he purchased that gun. That is a felony because you are lying on the 4473, that is the number of the form that goes to ATF. And so that's a chargeable offense. That's a felonious activity. And now they're apparently, I mean, I know there's sufficient evidence because the date on the form and the exact dates that he gives in his memoir, they all correspond. Furthermore, there were also some other, I mean, like right up while Joe Biden was campaigning, he went on a bender 
And he apparently leased a car and ended up driving across, you know, to a different state and he abandoned the car. And apparently there was all kinds of drug paraphernalia that was found in it, along with his brother's uh, badge when his brother served as attorney general uh, of uh, I can't was Delaware aware, but had his brother's badge in the car as well. Wild. All of this stuff corresponds with the exact time that he filled out that form. So that's a chargeable offense. So now. Apparently, it is up to the U.S. attorney in Delaware to determine whether or not they're going to file charges. Now, what's crazy is that the exact type of criminals that, I mean, Hunter Biden's behavior, you guys, regular average everyday Americans are punished for the crimes of people like Hunter Biden. Because homicides and the felonious use of firearms in commission of drug activity, typically, are that's those are the drivers of crime i mean there's so much there's ample evidence of this from our own government and so he would be protecting his son if his son doesn't get charged i can't think of any other more any other privilege the atf fbi nobody else has the right to charge anybody else or bring case against anyone else if they do not charge him the i mean he tells on himself he's high as a kite and he's posing naked with a gun got his finger on the trigger like a stooge totally cracked out points it at the camera all kinds of stuff i mean just a wacko also crime is so bad we have a new high and we don't even have some of the latest stats from new york or los angeles we're going to get into some of that as well did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood when it comes to promoting metabolic health they are a powerhouse but if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day you need to know about new tart cherry gummies tart cherry gummies from the makers of super b tart chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries they're vegan non-gmo they have zero sugar and are simply delicious tart cherry gummies come with a 100 satisfaction guarantee try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel if you don't love them send them back no questions asked right now you can get up to 35 off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com dana this is their best offer available anywhere that's buytartcherry.com dana for up to 35 off tart cherry gummies buytartcherry.com dana and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So I'm of two minds on this. And this, the second, my second mode of thought is strictly political. So the first thing is that it was announced yesterday, Biden is pardoning all prior federal convictions for simple marijuana possession, including under D.C. law. And it also directs states to do the same. They asked they ask HHS and AG to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Number one, Democrats wrote and pushed this stuff. Um, and sometimes with Republicans help. Number two, I don't care about marijuana. I just don't care. I don't think the government should tell you what to do and not to do, including tell me what gun I can own. And number three, does this mean, and this is where I said it, this is kind of like my second mode of thought where it's kind of political. So uh, Democrats are getting even softer on crime. It's kind of what it looks like, right? But anyway, it's going to affect 6,500 people with federal convictions. I think there are too many federal statutes, to be honest. But uh, so it's kind of a Rorschach test a little bit, I think. But I I mean, just from the, the strict policy, I am not I don't I can't criticize it. But at the same time, 
their party created this situation where we have the over-federalization of absolutely everything. So many felonies. That's why we talked to this one guy last year, a felony a day, apparently people commit. This is horrible. This happened in Las Vegas. Uh, a teacher, 30-year-old teacher, was stabbed to death by a madman with a kitchen knife. This was last night. It was about um, almost, um, well, it was about noon. Yesterday, actually. 30-year-old teacher stabbed to death by a madman with a kitchen knife. He went on a Vegas strip rampage after he was refused a photo with showgirls outside of the Wynn Casino. Yoni Barrios, 32, has been charged with a murder. Two, the two people were killed. 47-year-old Brent Hallett and Maris Di Giovanni, age 30. And the suspect was arrested very quickly. And the attack prompted a lot of safety fears with a lot of the Vegas street performers. Yeah, because they have in some of these, I think it's like the Wynn, and I think sometimes outside of the Bellagio where they have their fountain, they'll have their, I know but from going to Shacha, they'll have their their showgirls and stuff out there. This is just awful, though. But um, he was arrested fairly quickly. An appeals court is ruling that DACA is to be illegal, citing serious deficiencies. This is the deferred action for childhood arrivals. And there were, that's, you know, if you bring a, it it pertains to children illegally brought over the border and and very young children illegally brought over the border. The program was designed to shield those children that were kind of known colloquially a little bit as anchor babies. But they said that Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed this July 2021 decision that came from this Texas judge who said that DACA was illegal and blocked new applications while allowing current beneficiaries to continue receiving protection. So children who were brought here illegally, uh, children who were here illegally, uh, they were allowed a process by which to rectify their status in the country in terms of being in the country illegally. And they could not be deported during that time. And a lot of them, it's crazy because some of the loudest amnesty advocates are people who were protected and could have had that, could have done that and didn't. We have a lot more on the way. Stick with us. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company. And it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement. And uh, family-owned, they think like us. And they're really known for, over at Recoil Gunworks, their web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast. And once you make your first order, it won't be the last. Use code Dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, yeah, we just want to talk about the crisis that is impacting our country with crime across the nation. 
Congressman Nat, when we set up a meeting with your office and have a discussion? Uh, maybe. I'm going to be busy. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow? Does that work? We, who should we reach out to in your office, Congressman? Uh, you just want to talk about the crime crisis in America. Hmm. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk about the crime, the rising crime. That's Democrat Representative Jerry Nadler. He refuses to answer any question. It just, this is what you want. This is what their policies led to. Don't be shocked now. Welcome back to the program, bottom of our first hour. And that is crime is crime is bad. I have a million stories. So I always, I, I'm always reading stuff and I'm always saving them and clipping them and adding them to my little online bookmarking system that I got going on and I have a million it would just at, at one point your eyes would kind of glaze over if I was sharing with you all of the statistics because you know I get you know these reports from even you know smaller publications you know like you know whether or smaller towns smaller cities a crime is up and some of it's due to obviously the demoral this this demoralizing of police defunding of police this whole dismiss of authority but at the same time we are also in a horrible economic period where inflation has made people who were doing okay before are now struggling because of inflation i mean everything is more expensive and their wages don't match and 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 people are struggling to make money you, it's it's so easy for people on the left to say, well, just pay them more. Okay, well, you ruined the economy. That would give people more discretionary income to do so. And then you want to tax them on that discretionary income further. So what are you talking about? And that puts pe- that makes people desperate. There's been numerous studies that examine bad economic periods and the increase in crime. And so that just exacerbates what was already happening with this and and the bail reform this this rot this this judicial rot that is taking place with these DAs these very progressive DAs and the really weak sentencing of very violent criminals so i have this one of the headlines i have and i put it in your uh, prep is in so new york Right. They New York went they had bail reform and it worked horrifically for them. In fact, I think it was something like 80 percent. It was over 80 percent of individuals who were arrested in commission of a crime with an illegally possessed firearm were allowed to just walk. This is how crazy it's getting. And so now Illinois is looking to do the same thing uh which is amazing they're looking to copy new york so they've decided i'm pulling this story up for you so what they've decided to do is allow in in illinois they're doing no cash bail law which again has not worked anywhere else that they've done this and they're also going to be releasing thousands of prisoners because that again they're going to be the first state to introduce no cash bail in january so they're even going a little bit further than new york it's the safe safe hyphen t act good grief the safety act it allows criminals back out on the streets under the presumption of innocence and criminals accused of certain crimes we're talking felonies there's it's like there's going to be violent people that are going to be released now they're saying that people committed or who are 
who are being accused of domestic abuse and stalking, that they're going to be exempt from a pretrial release. But there are going to be other violent felons who will not. 17 different state attorneys from different counties in Illinois are all suing. So other attorneys within various counties in the state of Illinois are suing the governor, J.B. Pritzker, who is literally a D.C. comics bad guy. They want to prevent this law from going into effect. Because crime is already high in Illinois. Crime has increased. And so cashless bail, it was proposed back in May of 2020, first by the Illinois Black Caucus. And it was in response to the George Floyd case. J.B. Pritzker signed it into law uh, almost a little over a year, well, just under a year later. And so Illinois became the first state to abolish cash bail. Now, they're also doing that restorative justice. That's the rot that's in the judicial system where the victim is given greater accommodation in, before the law than the actual victim, which is an absolute miscarriage of justice. And so now they're going to they're going to make it even worse. In one county, officials warn that 400 prisoners will be released once the law goes into effect. That is something else. Just in one county alone. And they're already dealing with, uh, uh, I mean, they have some of the, I mean, for crying out loud, Chicago is one of the most dangerous cities. Uh, Mount Vernon in in Illinois has the fifth highest rate of burglaries in the state. And one of the, uh, and this was just in 2022, one of the fourth highest violent crime rates in the state. Crime is increasing everywhere. Illinois is no different, but they're going to now make it easier to offend because they're going to be reducing any kind of deterrent to crime. Just it's just wild that they are doing this. So, as I said, a number of attorneys from different counties are filing suit on this. They say, oh, this is pretrial fairness. That's what this is. But with some of these crimes, however... Um, you don't want people to be able to buy their way out. That's, it just is wild. So Pritzker, he keeps defending it. He's like, you know, it's, this is, he's like, not everybody's getting out of jail. He acts like he's doing something really great. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to make more work, work for police and it's going to, it's going to make crime increase. I don't see how they don't see this. I mean, look, again, I point you Illinois or not Illinois, New York In New York. Let me just give you one example. And this was. Just um, uh, recent, the subway slasher. You guys remember that story of the subway slasher? The guy who was who killed a man on an L train? So the dad of one of the victims slammed the courts. This actually just made news this morning. Anthony DeMarco, 65, said his son, a 36-year-old teacher, was coming home from work in April of last year. And he, that's when the subway slasher got him. He stabbed him in the arm and the stomach, Alvin Charles. And DeMarco was shocked when his son called him. And he told him that a guy stabbed him killed somebody, and killed somebody. His son survived the attack. I mean, it was gruesome. And then Charles was released. The judge in the case, Jessica Gargan, denied the prosecutor's request for bail to be set at 50000 Oh, my gosh. And then 
I mean, there's just, there's like so many of the, there's, there's the guy who, uh, there was another guy who was involved in uh, a violent offense on a subway and then he ended up getting released that made and they had to, and then they had to walk that back. Kathy Hogel had to get involved. It was, it, this is what New York is descending into. People don't feel safe on the street. I have friends that live in Manhattan. They're like, we don't feel safe on the streets anymore. We have it for quite some time. So Illinois is going to look like New York all ahead of midterms. Are they trying to lose? I don't Someone said it was like the purge. Now, I have uh, more. I also have a whole list of companies that are leaving Chicago from the crime. I, I'm all for those companies relocating to red states. So I told you Tyson was leaving. They're going to Arkansas. Chicago had a 40% crime increase from 21 to 22, 56% increase in sexual assault reports, 15% increase in robberies, 52% increase in thefts, 132% increase in motor vehicle thefts. And just last weekend, 34 people were shot. That's just last weekend. And the weekend, uh, other weekends, the number's been as high as 50. And it's all drug and gang. Boeing, they're moving from Chicago to Arlington, Virginia. Uh, Caterpillar, they're coming here. To Texas, they're going to be in Irving just down the highway from Chicago. All these major companies are pulling out. Citadel, a fifty-one billion dollar hedge fund, they're leaving. They're going to Miami this June. United Airlines, they're relocating. They're taking a thousand employees out of Chicago, and a bunch of others. McDonald's, their corporate headquarters. They said it's difficult for their companies to attract talent because they're based their their HQs in Chicago, and the crime rate's out of control. So people are leaving. That's they're leaving crime. They're leaving. They're fleeing. And who, who blames them? Now, meanwhile, we have this with criminals running rampant. And there were more stories. There was another story of the FBI raiding the home of another pro-life advocate. And I had, this is one of the things that I had uh, for you as well. This guy's name's Mark Hook. And this is wild. Again, and there are photos this time. Because remember when the FBI said, no, we're not sending people in tech gear to erase all these people. We're not sending, this is not happening. Well, there's photos. They absolutely are. So this, um, the wife has been speaking out. He's a Catholic pro-life activist. He was arrested in front of his kids. They had armed agents that stormed into the house. It was a devastating raid, left the family traumatized. Live Action said that 11 other pro-life advocates have also been arrested. Just in the you know, like past week or so. But they stormed in, they had and they were all full in, in their full tech gear. The thing is is when this begin begin happening, Earlier this month, uh, you had DOJ surrogates saying, no, 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 this isn't happening like this. This isn't, this isn't, uh, no one's coming and raiding people's houses. There are photos of it. There are actual photos of it happening. So, and some of the accusations, I mean, for crying out loud, there's a greater response to this than there ever was to Antifa or the Chaz Chop people. Golly, we're going to come around more, uh, back and get some more of this because I have other stories. Like I said, there were some more just in the past week, a number of other 
advocates, pro-life advocates that were arrested. We're also going to get into, uh, I have some some very interesting midterm headlines. So Democrats are creating fake news sites to magnify their narratives ahead of midterms. I'm going to explain that coming up. Uh, and we're also going to get into, I got some uh, 2A headlines. We also have some wokery. Uh, I've, and we have Carrie Lake is going to be joining us later on in the program. So we're a packed show today. We're going to get you set up for the weekend. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buy tartcherry.com slash Dana. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Abortion is totally unforgivable unless I need to do it. In fact, in fact, what you're saying is you're fine with an abortion if you need to win a Senate race, a Senate race but you're not fine with a woman needing it to save her own life. That's what you're saying. Okay, I gotta interrupt him. First off, Trevor Noah, it's gonna take everything I have right now to not be fined by the FCC. Steve is. First off, Trevor Noah, if you're gonna speak about women's pregnancies and procedures, you might wanna be a little bit more knowledgeable than you are funny. Because there is zero law, no law, not a law, no laws that prohibit that procedure to save the life of the mother. Absolutely none. Feel free. I mean, I know you're probably not as familiar with the laws of the United States as the rest of us, especially women who are very well versed in these laws. But feel free to prove me wrong. Cite me a state. You can't because it's not true. It doesn't exist. Welcome back to the program. There's Trevor Noah who ruined The Daily Show. And he thinks it's a, that it's hypocrisy. What's, what's the, where is the hypocrisy? A guy who was accused without evidence, who said he would vote against federally funded taxpayer abortion on demand, or the guy who literally co-sponsored the legislation that federalized funding removed the Hyde Amendment for a limitless taxpayer funded abortion on demand. There's no hypocrisy. There's none. I, that, that's, that's, they're just mad because we're playing hardball. They're mad because we, they can't convince good Christian voters in Georgia to stay home. And so now you have this male trying to mansplain incorrectly abortion law in the United States. Good heavens. No wonder his show flopped. So, No. That is absolutely incorrect. The end. There's no hypocrisy in it. But there is a clear choice. And that's the whole point. That is the whole entire point. And Raphael Warnock is actually further left, as I explained yesterday, than 
the majority of Americans. I mean, that is exactly what his co-sponsored legislate. He co-sponsored the bill. It was the Women's Reproduction Protection Act, which is such a weird name for a bill that doesn't do that. Uh, but it removed the Hyde Amendment. I read it. Trevor Noah doesn't even know exists. It removes the Hyde Amendment, which that's if you believe that fungibility doesn't exist. And it also challenged and removed the limitations, any limitations that anybody would want to place on the abortion procedure. I mean, legit up until crowning. That's not hyperbole. I've just read the bill that he co-sponsored. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at the guy who co-sponsored the bill that enabled me to say this and quote it accurately. So that's what that's what he supported. He's to the left of the majority of Americans on this. But I am glad that I got Trevor Noah to admit that it's murder and all these other people. Thank you so much for taking the bait on that. All right. Coming up in our second hour. We have Carrie Lake is going to be joining us. And there's a lot of uh, she's a Republican candidate, by the way, for governor of Arizona. And she's fiery. And she's doing quite well. We're going to look at uh, some of the midterm data uh, on that, too. This, uh, I also have some gender headlines. If you've ever wondered why they're pushing the surgeries, like what they call top surgery and all of this other stuff, well, because there's money to be made. And we're going to explain why coming up. We also have some hate mail that I'm going to be sharing. I'm going to make money off of my haters. So we're going to do that as well. We got all kinds of stuff coming up. You don't want to miss it. Second hour on the way. Dana Lash here for Arc Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about Arc Seed Kits. You can visit Arc, A-R-K, ArcSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, Arc Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time so and they can be harvested and regrown year after year you guys know how heirloom seeds work right Chaz chop in portland didn't so visit arc seed kits and enter dana to get your 10 percent discount code and be on your way to food and economic security helping you and your family and your community it's a limited time offer visit arcseedkits.com ark and order your seed kits and save 10 percent today For the past two years, under Joe Biden and Mark Kelly, we've been going in the wrong direction. Everybody knows it. You are less safe today. Your bills have gone way up since Mark Kelly took over. He's got a bunch of excuses. I think you heard a lot of them here tonight. You know, it's up to you to decide whether excuses are enough. But ask yourself, do you deserve a secure border? Do you deserve to feel safe when you walk outside at night? Do you deserve to be able to afford your own home if you work hard enough? I think the answer is yes. You deserve so much better than what we have. Mark Kelly disagrees. Otherwise, he wouldn't have spent two years backing Biden every time. Send me to the U.S. Senate if you think that you and your family deserve better so we can go in the right direction. 
Oh, that's that is a great closing statement. That's Blake Masters at the debate with Mark Kelly. So they're battling it out. That's one of the Senate seats. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon this Friday. They're battling it out for that Senate seat. And it is that was he actually did. He did so well. Blake Masters did so well. I was just actually on break. I was just looking at my collection of headlines where they are trying to really, really hard run defense. Like so, for instance, let me pull this up. The AP and Washington Post. So it says. Uh, Masters tries to put Kelly on defense in Arizona Senate debate. And then Kelly criticizes Biden and Masters backtracks in Senate debate. And all of these, they keep uh, trying to say, and there was another one saying that uh, Masters comes, where is this? This is, Masters comes off as harsh in Arizona Senate debate. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What? What? Stop it. Anyway. But, so whenever they start doing, whenever they say that the other candidate in a debate was too mean, that's when you know that they won. <laughs> that's what that means. By the way, speaking of the Senate, and we're going to be talking with uh, Carrie Lake uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour after headlines, where I would normally do give you a midterm update. So I just wanted to give you some of the latest because there's not, I don't have a lot of new information from yesterday, but I know we're expecting some new stuff next week. But for Arizona specifically, Kelly is only up, and this is... Uh, CBS News. This is a new, uh, this one, and then there's a CNN poll. The CBS one actually looks a little bit more even-handed. The CNN was just a, bit, a little bit oversampled, but this has Kelly plus three, so he's in with within the margin of error. I think if it, it is incredibly close. The Arizona, when I look at my Senate math, the Arizona seat is one that I did not have as we absolutely have to have it if we're going to have a if we need a plus two like I, and not to say anything you know about my belief in Blake Masters or anything but I just was doing the Senate math and I'm thinking okay well we can pick up these seats here and we have Missouri on lock and this is you know this so if we ended up uh, having to be really close or if we you know you know what I mean like we lost one we might be okay but I really think because of the state of Georgia and Pennsylvania, I don't want to leave anything to change. I, I, change. I just want to lock it up. But that was really good. Mark Kelly has been kind of all over the place. He, he's, he, he's trying to do the Claire McCaskill thing of seeming like he's a moderate during the election. And then after the election, he goes back to being a far left partisan. And I don't know if Arizona voters are that gullible because he is not a moderate. He has been an absolute rubber stamp, a reliable vote for Biden-Harris. And with gun control and everything else and taxation and uh, his MIA-ness on the border, he's been even hesitant to go as as far as some other Democrats in, in border states where they have every authority to criticize the inaction from the federal. It's just... I, I mean, he, I don't know if that's going to work. Claire McCaskill always did that. She would try to every general every election. She would try to act like a moderate and appeal to both sides. And then when election season was over, she went back to being Hillary Clinton on steroids. I don't know who wants to be Hillary. If it's Hillary Clinton who wants to be like Claire McCaskill or Claire McCaskill who wanted to be like Hillary Clinton. I can't make up my mind. But she would go back to being a super far left partisan and the ads that she would come out with were always so funny. And Mark Kelly gives me those same vibes. So I thought that masters just really put him down a speaking 
of the border. Audio soundbite three. This was in response to to one of those one of those questions because I mean that's one of the things that Mark Kelly has been MIA on and where he has received a lot of criticism. Listen, I've been focused on the border since day one on this job. I'm down there all the time. I was on the phone this week just, you know, with Mayor Nichols of Yuma, Sheriff Daniels of Cochise County, talking about what more we need for Border Patrol and immigration. That, my friends, we're is working, called evasion. We're, we're, we're working to raise Border Patrol pay by 18 percent. I've got legislation to do that. I've been focused on the border since day one. Okay, I, you know, we have no great effect because we have a wide open southern border. So if that's the best you it, can do, I respectfully request you resign been, and let's get someone in the seat who will actually secure our border. He's right. He's absolutely right. Woo! Telling you. All right. So as this says, we're because we're it's going to get nastier and nastier. All the October surprises are coming out. Like I think honestly the. Uh, like, for instance, the leaking of the Hunter Biden thing to the Washington Post. I think that's part and parcel to kind of weigh down Joe Biden and also some of the coattails. I have to share with you. I don't even know if I want to play this. It's uh, Steve. Isn't this an app? Is it, it's, is it actually Michelle Obama's app? I don't think it is. Or is it just something that she's I, some of the reporting was a little bit confusing or is she just has she in, endorsed it? It's, have you heard of it? She, yeah, it's it's, it's not. It's not her app. She just, I guess you're right. She did endorse it, but it's an it's a dating app for African Americans, essentially what it is. And they're doing okay. it like a get out the vote thing. I mean, it is. Th- so when I was looking at, there are a lot of Black independents and Black conservatives that are very critical of this because they say that it is uh, pretty stereo it's just based on stereotypes so some of the discussion that i have seen and it involves trina and saucy santana they're pushing a new generation into the voting booths it's the dating app blk and they had a new single uh no voting and then in place of the f they put a v ing no in time for national voter education week so essentially they're saying that if someone doesn't vote, then that should be a red flag and they should not. Then you should basically swipe because they're not worth it. And now everything is politicized. Adrian Norman, who is a, a black conservative, he was saying normally black voters vote Democrat by a margin of he was saying it's like, you know, just like under 90 percent. He, he tweeted this a few days ago and I've known Adrian for a number of years. He said currently only 59 percent of black voters plan to vote Democrat in midterms. Many, if not most, non-committed voters will just likely stay home. He was saying this is a major, major uh, opportunity for Republicans. And he's also with Project 21. And he he is he is right because the. And it's not just black voters. I had the the wild poll yesterday showing the huge swing, uh, you know, a 50 something point swing for Latino voters from Democrat to Republican. And there are a lot of black voters that are looking at everything that their vote has gotten for them in the past several years. And they are unhappy. And then it all, it's like adding insult to injury that the only things that democrats the party will message them on speak to them on is only racial stuff i mean they don't get into so for instance i had a friend who was on social media 
and, and kind of has not been super political, you know, voted for Obama and didn't didn't vote for Biden and wasn't quite sure what they thought of Trump. They just liked the fact that they thought Trump was nuts and they thought that was entertaining and they wanted to see more of it. Um, and so they're they're kind of and because it's always important to the left, they're a member of the black community, but they're uh, more like a cl- more classically liberal. And they're having a huge conversation on social media saying that and, and this is where I was you know getting some insight into this and like we don't want to hear about you know all this you know the the racial or the identity politics like what are you going to do about gas prices you know I why don't why don't you why don't you make Americans feel easy about what OPEC is doing right now and all this other and and it makes sense because whenever you look at the messaging from the party on this it they it is so shallow and superficial and they they I guess they think that only minorities care about race just like they think only women, uh, women aren't care. They don't care about any of these other issues. Ladies, you're just worried about your abortions. Isn't that right? And that's what they and they only message to women on that issue. Like they only message to black America about race. And then they only will message to Hispanics and Latinos about the border. It is just I mean, it is actually inherently racist. And there's a point to be made as to the concerns not being addressed from different groups because as i said yesterday there is one thing that everybody shares we everybody wants relief from what's happening with the economy people want school choice that's the civil rights issue of our time remember back in this was going into south carolina with joe biden and do you remember james clyburn i wrote a piece on this uh, and I believe it was over at my news in my newsletter. And James, uh, Joe Biden was doing really bad, really bad. And Clyburn saved his entire presidency. Absolutely. And then he turned around. He was also slamming him because he said that there was an absence of black appointees that that Biden apparently hadn't fulfilled. But. It ultimately, James Cly- Joe Biden wouldn't be in the White House without James Clyburn because he was already he was he and Biden even said, you brought me back. He said, you're my you're my friend. He had a landslide victory in South Carolina and he was able to get James Clyburn's endorsement just three days before that state's primary. Exit polls showed that 47 percent of Democratic primary voters in South Carolina said Clyburn's endorsement was was the factor in their vote. Because Clyburn's a kingmaker. I I don't agree with him on a lot of things. I also think that he's not one of the... He's someone I could talk to because he actually doesn't get in... Some of the stuff he says I think is kooky, but some of the stuff he doesn't get into hyperbole like Nadler and all this other stuff. He's a kingmaker in South Carolina. He's a kingmaker in the Democrat Party. He could have tanked Joe Biden and he saved him. And 60% of all Democrat voters in South Carolina are black. And he saved, he delivered South Carolina's black vote for Joe Biden. And now voters are starting to ask, well, what did we, what, what did we get out of this? Women are like, wait a minute, what did we get out of this? He's, he hasn't delivered. And then on top of it, we have a wrecked economy. Have you noticed Clyburn hasn't, it, when, when all of this happened, immediately after the victory, Clyburn was real silent, and then he then there was some criticism of Biden's appointees because apparently Biden did not fulfill an obligation that he had to Clyburn for black appointees. 
But Democrats have lost that. Democrats have lost the support of that community because, I mean, just look around. So now you have this app. I don't even want, I was going to play it, but I don't even think I can play it. It's just so, it's just bad. But from what I'm hearing from a lot of people is it just reinforces the worst stereotypes because it was apparently the whole thing was done by a bunch of white progressives. They hired, they hired black talent and it was white progressives who apparently concocted the whole thing. Oh boy. Anyway, if you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dan to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So a panel of the D.C. City Council has approved a bill that would allow... Uh, people who have immigrated legally into the United States to vote in D.C. elections, uh, regardless of any other status. It says the Local Resident Voting Rights Act, uh, Voting Rights Amendment Act of 2022, it unanimously passed the Committee on the Judiciary and Public Safety Tuesday, would allow non-citizen but permanent residents to vote in local elections. A number of towns in Maryland also have laws in the books that allow non-citizens to vote in elections like Tacoma Park and Hyattsville. They also allow people who are not in the country legally to vote. Uh, So there's some controversy and some response, obviously, from uh, area folks on that. Uh, Fauci apparently personally edited and funded this EcoHealth study on bad viruses. Yay. Oh, for the love. And... Apparently, this was done after the pandemic already began. Oh, my. So the story, and this isn't, this is MSN. This is a number of places that are reporting on this, that Dr. Fauci had funded and reviewed a study on viruses and bats from the controversial EcoHealth Alliance published in 2020 after the pandemic was underway. The study was funded in part by his agency, NIAID, and then White Coast Waste, which is a taxpayer watchdog, first revealed this yesterday. And of course, the study was co-authored by none other than Peter Daszak, head of EcoHealth. He was the guy who played a vital role in tamping down speculation that the pandemic originated in Wuhan and that the Chinese had anything to do with it. Holy wow. I can't wait for Republicans to take over Congress and then he'd be compelled to come in and and, uh, testify. Sharon Osbourne wants her Apparently, she donated $900,000 to Black Lives Matter. She says it's a scam and she wanted it back. I mean, what gave it away? Like the, all the stuff that the, they were talking about on their webpage? I mean, what gave it away? Coming up, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake, joins us. Stay with us.
If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50 round double stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting because it's well balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Your one stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. But hi, look at that sweet baby back there. She's waving. I think you because you take care of babies. I do. Ah! Angelic voice. See, kids okay. know. They know. You're make me cry tell. right now. Thank you. You know they why? Because tell. your life is so valuable. We we can't wait to see what you do when you grow up. So that is Carrie Lake, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona. And I got to tell you, after watching Blake Masters just clean up the stage with uh, Mark Kelly there, I can see why Katie Hobbs does not want to debate. Carrie Lake. She joins us now via Skype. Good to see you. And thank you so much for joining me. I have to tell you, I just I'm looking at the latest polls. You're surging ahead. You're doing very well. I can understand why your opponent would decline a debate. She wouldn't last. Yeah, well, she's got a lot of of, uh, baggage in her past. When you look at her voting record, I mean, some of the crazy stuff she was voting for. And when you look at how ineffective and incompetent she's been, as a secretary of state, when you look at the fact that she's a twice convicted racist and the people of Arizona are paying out nearly $3 million in settlement fees because she paid women of color tens of thousands of dollars less than she paid men in her office. I mean, she's a walking nightmare. Mm -hmm. And we did a forum, Dana, this week, and she she agreed to show up, but she required that they make me park a block away from her, enter through a separate building uh, entrance, put curtains up so she couldn't see me. And then she went on stage and it was, it was a meltdown. They asked her softball questions and she couldn't even articulate answers to the softball questions. This will be coming out tomorrow and I think people are gonna be shocked. They're gonna understand why she doesn't wanna debate. You know, um, 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 ah, uh, um, that's how she answers questions. And she wants to represent and be an ambassador for Arizona. The embarrassment she would be on a national stage would make us the laughing stock of this country. And her extreme positions as well. I saw we're talking with Carrie Lake, who obviously now is in the lead Republican candidate for governor in Arizona, uh, because this and I don't I I don't want to stay on this topic forever because I know that's what Democrats want. Everybody's concerned about the economy, gas, energy. But on the issue of abortion, 
Uh, I know you were talking and I know what you meant to say because you, you talk to so many people and you have, you, I mean, you're one of those rare candidates that has phenomenal media training. I mean, for crying out loud, you were an anchor. So you, you, you know all of this. And you were, you were highlighting the Democrat long repeated phrase of, well, abortions should be safe, legal and rare, but now they're all the time taxpayer funded, you know, whenever we want without limitations. Right. And you were talking about this and, and you were saying, and I know what you were, you meant to say, you were saying rare, but safe. You were really parroting what they're saying, what they parroted. all the time but i think what you also did and i wanted to get your thoughts on this you ultimately made them own up to how far left they have gone on this issue because the majority of americans do not agree with the katie hobbses and all of these other you know the folks who were supporting legislation that wanted to repeal the hyde amendment and wanted to remove limitations on abortions up until the moment of birth i mean that was actual legislation that's been sponsored and they and people support democrats were supporting talk to me a little bit about this because that's extreme that's not where america is but that's where people like your opponent and Democrats are today. Yeah, and their their mouthpieces in the media try to make people who are pro-life look extreme. Look, I want to save as many lives as I can. I want to help women. I want to make sure they get truly get health care and get support that they need when they're pregnant and, and about to deliver. And they want to make that sound extreme when what's really extreme is how far this pro-abortion movement has gone, where they truly are for abortion right up until nine months in the womb and days after. They're okay with infanticide. I'm not exaggerating, they're okay with infanticide. And they're calling us extreme for wanting to save babies. They never ask the questions of the Democrats and they want taxpayer money to fund that. You know, my opponent actually voted when they was faced with some legislation to give life-saving medical treatment to a baby who would survive an abortion, she voted no choosing rather to have that baby die on a cold metal tray. So I'm just trying to expose where they stand. I think that is extreme. And they have turned this from what they first were saying, which was safe but rare, to right up until birth, after birth, and we will just outright kill a baby who survives an abortion. It's it's barbaric, it's obscene, and they need to be called out for it. I'm running for governor. I don't write the laws. And I think you understand that, Dana, and so do your listeners. I execute the laws and we abide by them. And right now, uh, our governor says it's 15 week ban, but it's caught up in the courts and we'll be finding out where it is. But what I wanna do is help women who are afraid, make sure they get truly get health care, and save as many lives as possible. There you go. Carrie Lake, who's the Republican candidate for governor in Arizona and is leading in the polls. You were also talking about the it, it, touching on the federal involvement in the state's business. One of your predecessors, Jan Brewer, got in a got into one heck of a battle with Obama Biden over immigration, trying to just execute the laws as they have been written and passed as it pertains to the border, which is by for all intents and purposes is entirely wide open. That is a huge job. And I know that you're ready for that fight. But talk about how difficult it is and how hard it is for lawmakers to, I mean, because this you have every right as a border state to protect mm-hmm. your citizens. But the federal government is essentially demanding that you carry out a federal uh, their federal policy with your manpower, your taxpayer dollars. That seems like that's like a violation of 10th Amendment. What are your thoughts on this? Well, we're going to go to the U.S. Constitution for the solution. Obviously, the, the Guarantee Clause, Article 4, Section 4, says that the government protects us from invasion. But they're not doing that. 
As a matter of fact, they're part and parcel. In my opinion, Joe Biden is working with the cartels because he's allowing this to happen. And the cartels have operational control and we have an invasion at our border. And so we're going to invoke our Article 1, Section 10 rights, basically, authority to protect our own border. Three criteria, three criteria need to be met. One, we have an invasion. Yes, we do. And yes, in fact, we do. Two, our people are in imminent danger. And three, uh, there's no time for delay. We meet all three of those criteria. We're going to invoke that authority and we are going to take care of our border on our own. Shouldn't have to be this way, but we've got to do it. We can't be the state where fentanyl is the pipeline pouring in and killing a young generation. I just had the most difficult conversation, Dana, with three parents yesterday who lost sons to fentanyl poisoning. This is a weapon of mass destruction. and We need to start treating it that way. When you lose a child, never get that child back. You never get to realize those great moments and milestones with your child as they grow and get those first jobs. They get, they get married, they have children. These parents will forever have that hole. And unfortunately, more than 100,000 people have been lost due to this scourge. And we're gonna stop it here in Arizona. Mm. And, it, and Arizona voters are responding, as we were saying, Carrie Lake is uh, leading in the polls, uh, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona. And re- really, uh, you have Trump's backing. Uh, you have a, all the right people's support for this, which is angering the folks in the media uh, very much. They don't want they they want to talk about you. They don't want to talk about inflation. They don't want to talk about taxation. They don't want to talk about ESG. That's another thing that I find interesting: the environmental, social governance. It's the green grift. A number of states they're trying to move so that they can protect their you know their their constituents from all of these ESG yeah. standards. It seems like the uh, behavioral credit scoring system for China. How how do you, as, as a governor, protect your your businesses from being penalized by this grift, uh, your, your constituency from being penalized this grift? What powers do you have at your disposal as governor? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to rule by executive order, but there's always that. And we <laughs> could put out an executive order that says any business that is pushing this ESG, this social scoring, um, we don't give contracts. We don't give state contracts to them. This is outrageous what they're pushing on us. They're coming at us at every angle, trying to turn us into a communist country. And we're just not gonna have it in Arizona. We are a wild west Arizona. We're uniquely wild west and we're not gonna take it anymore. And we'll push back in any way possible. I believe we're gonna have a red wave and we'll have a great legislature to work with to prevent some of this woke garbage from permeating and seeping in to Arizona politics um, and, and, you know, We'll do what we have to do, but we will protect Arizona from that. Yeah, I, I hope that when and if your opponent decides to have an abate, a, a debate with you, I'd like to be in the front row because that that's <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Carrie Lake, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona. We're going to watch this because I think I mean, this is one of the the more interesting gubernatorial races. Uh, I think it's the, the most country. important one. It, it, it really it, is very much so. It, I'm not saying that because I'm in, in the race. I'm saying it because if we lose one more border state to a leftist, we will have a wide open border, the cartels will be in control, and I think we lose our country. We're at ground zero for all of the key issues here in Arizona, and my opponent is the most radical leftist politician to ever run for statewide office. That is an important point, what you just said, because the governor and the legislature, those border states, you guys, in absence of any kind of federal accountability, 
you guys are the last gatekeepers there. So that's yeah, incredibly important. Absolutely. It's kind of like our the whole country's gubernatorial race in Arizona. We're all kind of watching it. I believe it is. I, and that's why so much interest is um, it, we're seeing it from other states and we're seeing people donate money and they're like, you've got to win. You've got to be the line of defense at that border mm. or we will lose our country. Carrie Lake, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona. We love talking with you. We'd love to have you back. Thank you so much for your Anytime. time. Anytime. Thank you, Dana. Take care. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P-50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. Um, I saw, I wish I could claim this as my own. I probably would have thought of it at some point, but I didn't. The uh, We're going to see Corinne Jean-Pierre today. It's obvious the president was referencing our beloved Made in America. I can't, it was from Twitter. I didn't, I didn't write it. But that's hysterical. I'm, I'm LOL, I literally LOL'd. And that rarely happens, but I actually did. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. Three words. Made in America. Made in America. Our lovely maiden. Oh, my gosh. I tell you what, people. I, I, I would have sent that. that And that, that apparently just happened. So I have, we have some bizarre sound bites today. We also have some bizarre Florida man. Let's kick it. Two words. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. I do not know what it is about people when they get lasers. They immediately, at least because we have, there's so many headlines about this kind of stuff that I just don't even pay attention to them. They feel like they just got to shine them up at any objects in the sky, planes, whatever. So this is in Nokomis, Florida. A man, deputy say a Florida man pointed a laser at his sheriff's helicopter during the state of emergency after Hurricane Ian. They said 44-year-old Nick Davidson pointed the green laser at the chopper Tuesday while pilots were responding to a fire. And the Sarasota Sheriff's Office said that it could not have happened at the worst time because they were trying to assess damage and guiding the ground units around all the hazards. And they said, but his, so his actions were, were very, very dangerous. So he was arrested and booked into Sarasota County Jail. He got charged with pointing a laser light at a pilot. That's a felony. And he bonded out uh, Wednesday on $1,500 bail. That's, that is a felony. You, can't, you cannot do that stuff. Oh, why do people do that? Why is there this need? It's like, maybe if I just, just, just shine it up into the sky. 
I'm trying to get into this dude's head. Maybe I shouldn't. <sighs> Local 10. Some Florida man is painting pigeons pink and releasing them in, in Pembroke Pines Park. <sighs> Park goers have been shocked to see pigeons whose feathers have been dyed pink. I'm assuming it's a Florida man. It could be a Florida woman. The uh, bizarre sight apparently is no laughing matter because they said that apparently these are pigeons that are raised in captivity, so they're not wild, and they're not supposed to be released in the wild because they're not a native species, so they can't fend for themselves. And they said that you know the, the dye probably won't cause them harm. The speculation, get this, they think that the pigeons were part of a gender reveal. And that they are just, some of them are here now. That's why they're pink. I'm going to tell you what, I'm so done with, I love babies and I love people being like, yeah, we're having babies and all that stuff. But can we stop with these over the top gender reveals? Because if that's true, somebody needs to get slapped. That's ridiculous. Yeah, just releasing the pigeons, raised in captivity. They're not able to survive for themselves at all whatsoever in the wild. Oh my gosh. I just, so please, I, are they going to, the story, and I'm looking at it, it's local 10. They don't actually say that whether or not they they were, you know, if they're if they're like trying to capture them and you know maybe put them back in captivity since they can't survive on their own in the wild. That's just that's just sad. So yeah, all in Pembroke Pines, all these pink pigeons. Good heavens. Uh, also, I gotta. I, this is there's there's some no Florida man. Again, you cannot deny, this is a Tampa Free Press, 37-year-old convicted felon. He was caught in possession of other people's IDs, and he also had uh, some fentanyl on him. And as deputies were removing Charles Alexander Bates of East Naples, he had a large bag across his chest and a huge pocket knife in the front. Uh, he was, it was a heavily damaged residential street in Naples that deputies encountered him, encountered him after midnight. And... They uh, they asked him why he was out past curfew, why he was looking around all these, this damaged property. And as they were searching him, that's when they found the wallet with someone else's ID. And then they found fentanyl in his pocket. And that's when he fessed up. He goes, well, these aren't my pants. So he tried to say that because that's not my wallet and ID, that's also not my fentanyl, crack cocaine, Xanax, clonazepam, diazepam, uh, all kinds of opioids. Uh, all the other narcotics in his pockets. He was trying to say that those weren't his either. They didn't believe him and they arrested him. Grand theft, narcotics offenses, and battery. Stick with us. We have our third hour on the way and we got some hate as well. The GOP has momentum in the battle for the Senate, but will Georgia change that calculation? President Biden gets rolled by OPEC, and Biden claims he was raised politically by Puerto Ricans. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll never forget talking to the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee uh, in D.C. In, in the fall of 15, where they thought I lost my mind when I said opioids was, was a real issue. Mm-hmm. They thought I wanted to just legalize heroin and that <laughs> I, I kind of was nuts. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is a thing. And it's, and, and it, you know, we, unfortunately, I was right, you mm-hmm. know. That's some flashback audio of uh, John Fetterman saying that 
he again he's he su- he supports legalizing heroin and apparently even now hasn't moved from that he's uh one of those soft on crime guys welcome back to the program dana lash here with you third hour of our show this friday and this uh boy midterms are gonna midterms are gonna interesting we have some good polling on that. I have nothing new from yesterday, but the red wave Democrats, you can tell uh, from the tone of the reporting, they're not happy, uh, not happy at all. And it's getting nastier. I told you this story. Let me pull this back up. This was from, well, a couple of places. Axios also has the piece. So Democrats and my friend Lachlan Marquet author this this uh story there is a a dc based media operation that democrat operatives are they're creating a bunch of fake news networks to look like local media outlets so that they can churn out uh pro-democrat pieces to magnify their narratives ahead of midterms Apparently, fifteen or no, sorry, fifty-one locally branded news sites popped up last year. You have Milwaukee Metro Times, the the Mecklenburg Herald, the Tri City Record, and they're all, the sites are in key swing states that all have, uh, you know, they're they're in, they're in a number of these key swing states, and they have the same kind of template. They aggregate local news, and they have these like short write ups about sports, you know, to make them look legit. But the heavy coverage the heavy content is super super slanted political news all about boosting democrat candidates while attacking republicans and the involved they have another entity that's involved they said reports marquet that it's called the american independent a washington-based progressive news outfit and one of the guys it was launched by a guy named david brock david brock founded media matters So the same people behind Media Matters are the same people behind this. And they also work with American Bridge, which is an oppo uh, firm. It's an oppo entity that Democrats run. And it's like they're a super PAC. And so they are legit actually creating fake news. Why would you do that? Well, I know why they would do it, but it's just funny because... Trump was right. It's fake news. It's legit fake news. They have a bunch of examples. They said local report stories have caught flack because they misrepresent. You know how they'll try to aggregate local. They'll try to aggregate local news. So what they'll do, what that means is they take local reports. Like say you're looking at your local news, your 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 local newspaper. And what these would do is they'll they crib these other stories. They take them and essentially rewrite them themselves. They don't do any original reporting. Uh, They don't even rewrite the whole story. They'll just put a link to the original piece at the bottom, far beyond the point that people would scroll. And so they've caught some criticism because they're accused of misrepresenting these other people's reporting so that they could attack Republicans and and incorporate bias into all of this. So, for instance, Lachlan Marquet for Axios writes, on September 28th, the the Columbus Ledger Inquirer's Nick Wooten, a reporter, He accused one of these Media Matters, David Brock fake news sites of basically stealing his reporting on Georgia's abortion law for one of their pieces. 
And then they misrepresented that on purpose. They lied and said that Governor Brian Kemp could order investigations into violations of law. And then there was another and and then that before before it was even noon, apparently that reappropriated piece that the fake news site did. They got uh, Stacey Abrams was sharing it. She actually had to delete her tweet because apparently Nick Wooten went after everybody about this. And she posted a link then to Wooten's original story. And it's weird because the stories don't get any really, they don't get promotion from the sites themselves. So they don't buy digital ad placement. They don't push it through social media. Some of them don't have a social media presence. But it is, all it is, is it turns out, it's propaganda, it's Pravda. It turns out propaganda for Democrats. They steal local stories, they repurpose them to attack Republicans, and then they exist in case Democrat candidates need to have an appeal to authority by presenting this, oh, look, it looks like it comes from a legitimate news source when it's actually literally a propaganda firm run by Democrats. I mean, they've had, they've noted that in addition to Stacey Abrams, all of these, they call them local report. That's what it's called, local report. That these, you know, this leftist fake news propaganda popped up in a ton of different communications from Democrat parties in Georgia and Michigan, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, uh, Michigan's Democratic Secretary of State, a Democratic Coalition, all kinds of stuff. And then they said that, the, it's an entity called NewsGuard, and they monitor and rate news outlet trustworthiness, if you want to believe it. But what's interesting is that Axios notes that NewsGuard said that this fake news entity that was created, that they, quote, failed to adhere to several basic journalistic standards. <laughs> and after they posted those findings, apparently... Meta started removing um, a number. Apparently, I guess they had some ads on some of their stuff or, or on social. They were they some they had something where I guess it cited it as a fact check, and they had to remove all of it. So this is really this is weird. I think it's very weird. Now I've seen some stuff. The stuff that I've seen like this on the right is usually you have and they usually will say it on social media it's like such and such response team now granted there are i wouldn't say they're large news entities they don't they're usually just like small sites with one proprietor or you know a, a couple of people that have bylines there and that's kind of it they're not major they don't pretend to be larger more credible local news entities like these are uh, then you also have your response teams, and that's usually what they're called on social media. And they, they they put out the videos real fast, and they're the ones who get the weird sound bites. And they've had, like, for instance, a lot of the Fetterman stuff comes from stuff like that. But they don't, that's all they do. They don't steal other people's actual writing and then repurpose it as their own. That's one of the reasons why I hate aggregate sites. But the point of them, though, are to magnify a narrative. Because the more that you have talking about it and amplifying it then the more that that particular spin gets pushed up to the surface and that's the whole point so it's it's it is absolute propaganda i mean complete propaganda it's just very uh i actually when i first saw the headline i i um a friend had texted it to me and i responded back to them and i said without even looking 
I would bet a million dollars that David Brock is, is involved with this. And my friend just kind of laughed because, of course, he is. Of course, he is. Now, here's this is I have a, a couple of different things here to get into. Did you guys hear this? Uh, of course, this is in, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Northwest. This is so goofy. So a coffee shop owner in Portland, of course it's in Portland, uh, Loretta Guzman, 52, trying to pick up the pieces after her business was vandalized and about damn near destroyed by a woke mob in Portland. Now, Guzman had, was having an event at the Bison Coffee House. And the event was called Coffee with a Cop. What she wanted to do was foster community dialogue. She wanted to invite people in the community to come and ask questions of police in the area and have a healthy discussion. Now, when you just, when you just think about the basic nature of that event, does that sound like it's an endorsement of anything? No. It sounds like someone who is offering up their business space to the community so that they can talk to the people who police their community and, and ask questions and develop a relationship because you have to have that. Communities, healthy communities and responsible policing need that. But that is not what the woke mob, that's not how they interpreted it. So they decided to just vandalize and try to destroy her coffee shop. There were a group of a uh, little crowd of masked woke vandals they showed up with crowbars and hammers. It's all on surveillance footage. And they decided to smash in her window, her windows and spray residue throughout the entire interior of the store. And uh, destroy the authentic bison head, bison head mounted to the wall. Oh, wait, but there's more. So Loretta Guzman is an actual enrolled member of the Shoshone Bannock Native American tribes. She is an actual enrolled indigenous American. She's a Native American. She is a member of an actual nation. And some of the art that she had in her coffee shop was Native American art from Native American artists. And it was totally destroyed by these uh, socialist, white-masked, woke mob. And so she told Oregon Live, she said, I'm numb. She said she's absolutely numb. I mean, they destroyed it. I, it has to be all boarded up. I'm looking at some of the photos now. I mean, it's, it's, it is so bad. And they're all on camera. Uh, the Portland police, they said that officers are helping with cleanup and they're continuing community outreach. That was just because she wanted to host outreach. That's how the left is. Nothing is, it's all betrayal. And all she did, and I looked, she wasn't endorsing anything. She wasn't like, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even a back the blue thing. She wasn't even doing any of that. She was just, she said, this is, what, this is the stuff she wrote. As we move to, forward to make a difference for our future, Coffee with a Cop, Wednesday, October 5th, come and sit and discuss uh, your concerns and let's make a positive difference. She was talking about partnering with people to make improvements instead of just perpetuating the same tension. And... I, that is just ridiculous that they that they and it's and it's a woke mob of people who and here's the thing the people the vandals who damaged her business 
because she is an actual enrolled member of uh, a tribal nation, now that actually bumps it up the charges that can be applied uh, as a result of that. So the left eats that they ended up they end up kind of eating their own with this. I mean, the damages are so bad. Yeah. And uh, it actually ends up where it can be considered because of Portland's law to be classified as a hate crime uh, because of her ethnicity. And so I do hope they get these because it's ridiculous. She just was fostering discussion, but you can't even have discussion anymore. That's not even welcome. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So, Republican Senator Ben Sass is apparently, he's going to become the next president of the University of Florida. He's a Republican out of Nebraska. He announced that uh, they had separate announcements uh, that he's, uh, apparently he's going to retire from the U.S. Senate. Uh, They said that apparently he was courted by some universities over the years. And he likes the University of Florida. I think he just likes Florida. The University of Florida is nice too. But uh, anyway, he serves as a U.S. Senate from Nebraska, and he's gonna he's gonna be retiring and heading on over to, to Florida. He's not, there's not a lot of people that don't actually like him. But uh, uh, this is a weird headline. KATU. Some Oregon counties lack the ability to identify transgender people on death certificates. It's a first-of-its-kind study by epidemiologists in multiple Oregon counties. They found an accuracy error in death certificates for people who identified as transgender or non-binary. Oh, boy. Researchers found that more than half were misgendered on their death certificates. I would think being dead is probably, like, the bigger issue. Uh, But they said that the influences this influences the reported statistics for a region and it influences how state and local resources are allocated oh boy Oregon's what hap- what is happening to you Oregon for the love good heavens uh, also oh goodness a couple of different things here first an early dinner earlier your dinner the better there's new research from USA Today that suggests eating early and within a 10 hour window is actually healthier I've heard this before And participants, they did the study, they noted that those who ate meals four hours later in the day were hungrier and they burned calories at a slower rate and their body had changes that actually promoted fat growth. And this is Brigham and Women's Hospital. And it was also a peer-reviewed journal, Cell Metabolism, that it was in. They said that um, it's it's much better to eat dinner earlier, long story short. Much better to eat earlier. Which I've heard that before. I've heard, like, don't eat after 7 o'clock or something like that. A stomach bug. Is could that actually a common stomach bug? Could that actually help cause Crohn's disease? There's one study that suggests that they're experimenting with mice and human cells, and they said that the norovirus infection could actually trigger Crohn's in people who are genetically vulnerable to it. We have some hate mail and wokery coming up. Don't miss next. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. New Yorkers are angry. I am angry too. We have not asked for this. There was never any agreement to take on the job of supporting thousands of asylum seekers. This responsibility was simply handed to us without warning as buses began showing up. There's no playbook for this. No precedent. What did he think a sanctuary city was? That's... New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's still complaining about the fact that he's being forced to own his own policy. Welcome back to the program. 
Dana Lash here with you. We got uh, some hate mail coming up, but I that's I had to I had to play that that audio from Daily Caller. He says, "Yeah, we haven't asked for this. There was never any agreement to take on the job of supporting thousands of asylum seekers, dude. That's legit what you volunteered to do when you're like New York is a it's an asylum it's a sanctuary city. Yeah, th- this is what these people think that it means to be a sanctuary city. They think being a sanctuary city means that they can they can say that they are, but they want to outsource it to the poorer." and less populated border towns to do. They are, is there, it's so really, it's so easy to be generous with someone else's resources, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 we're a sanctuary city. I mean, not like really, but, you know, we say we are. That's, that's what you're, you're having to live by the policies you claimed. We're just making you honest, that's all. I mean, and by the way, they have way more resources than these border towns do. Way more resources. It's not even a not even a competition. I have to share this with you. Speaking of New York, this uh, oh my gosh. So I saw this piece uh, from my friend John Levine over at uh, New York Post. A psychotic vagrant attacked a woman in New York's Prospect Park sprayed her with urine, and killed her dog. This is how the New York Times wrote about it. They said, quote, Real world ethics question. In a well-used city park, a man with a history of erratic behavior attacks a dog and its owner with a stick. Five days later, the dog dies. The man is black and the dog owner is white. The adjoining neighborhood is famously progressive, often critical of the police and jail system. At the same time, crime is up in the neighborhood with attacks by emotionally disturbed people around the city, putting some residents on edge. In a dog-loving progressive enclave where pushing law and order can clash with calls for social, social justice, what's the right thing to do? How do you protect the public without furthering injustice against this man? So one of my favorite movies is about someone killing a guy's dog. It's called John Wick. I would have gone John Wick on this dude, vagrant or not. That is crazy. And so now the whole area, this is now in the New York, this is now the new thing. Now the whole area has turned against each other in Brooklyn. They said, a dog's killing turned Brooklyn progressives against one another. This guy came out and killed somebody's golden retriever. And they think that the woman who was attacked and had her dog killed should not press charges because she's white? Oh my gosh. I mean, would it be... Would it be better if the, if, I mean, that's, I mean, that's an actual question that we actually, I can't even believe this. So would it, would killing the dog be better if the assailant was white? What in the world? Justice is blind, but social justice is not. And do you realize, by the way, the inherent subtle racism of the lowered expectations that Democrats practice when they essentially say that minorities can't obey the law. 
that's good because that's what this is. It's the it's the soft racism of these lowered expectations. That's that's like the most one of the most white supremacy things I've heard. Well, you know, we can't expect minorities to follow the law, so we should probably not have those laws. That's what they're that's what they're legit arguing in this New York Times piece. Good heavens. I can't even believe that someone who I, somebody actually wrote that. Somebody actually wrote that piece. All right, I have one other thing for you, and then we're going to get into some haterade. United Airlines is planning on having electric planes in the air by 2030. I'm going to go and say I'm, I don't think so. I'm no, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not cool with that. Would you fly on? Uh, and would I guess it'd be EP electric plane, not EV. Chicago O'Hare and Denver they are, they're viewed as key markets for the first batch of electric aircrafts. United Airlines is aiming to have electric aircraft flying regional routes by the by regional routes by the end of the decade. It's a lower emission form of aviation technology. I, when you reduce the carbon footprint, do you mean by taking the people on the plane off the air out of the out of the world? I don't know. I'm just that to me. I'm I don't I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that. Steve, would you fly on an all electric plane? I would. Curious. I would need like. Thousands of test runs. Like, yeah, I, me. Yeah, I, I want the first one to go down. Not, I don't want to get hurt, but I want the first fake one to go down, and then me to like be like, all right, I'm out. Oh man, that, I, and it's a 30, 30 passenger planes. They said they'll be driven by electric motors with battery derived energy, so it's still going to be coal produced energy because coal creates electric, and they'll store it in the batteries. Oh my gosh! And the planes are going to have a fully electric ra- electric range of two hundred kilometers. That's one hundred twenty four miles. That's dumb. And they're going to have a reserve hybrid engine for 400, mi- 400 kilometers of the full flight. But what's but here the problem is that what happens if I can't tell you the number of times I've flown and then you've had to circle the airport, something happens and then you have to be rerouted. Uh, one of the worst examples is when we were coming back in from being out of the country and a storm had to reroute us from Dallas to Houston. And I just can't. And we were circling the airport or circling the area to even see if we could land at the airport. And for so long, there's no way that I, I don't, how would an electric plane, you have to always anticipate for the worst. That to me is, let me just put it in these terms and we're going to move to hate mail. I'm going to bring the tugboat to shore, but this is what it makes me feel like. Parents, you all know that when, when you had your, especially your first baby, and whenever you go out into the world, you take a diaper bag loaded with a lot of things, right? You want to be prepared for every single instance. Because the one time that you leave your home without having your full-on kit in the diaper bag, then there is a crazy, your child has a crazy blowout or something, just something goes wrong. There's vomit, something happens. I speak from experience. I do not want to have that same Let's just reduce and leave a smaller footprint. That mentality of what I just explained with, you know, of lame comparison to a diaper bag with the plane. Do not want. I would I don't care how big the footprint is. Can you get us there alive? That's my whole thing. Okay. So uh, you might have noticed uh, over the past week. We made some headlines on the program. We got a lot of hate about it, too. So I thought, you know, it might be kind of nice to monetize this and then send a nice donation to an area crisis pregnancy center. Uh, So let's monetize our haters, shall we? 
And now it's finally that part of the show where Dana monetizes the hate. All week, hateful posts, tweets, replies, and emails have been collected. The best of the best make the cut. It's Mailbag of Hate on The Dana Show. Actual emails and actual tweets from people who breathe and drive cars and vote. And they're all mad because I'm... I'm right about the Herschel Walker thing. Okay, so first up, this is hysterical. There are so many, first up, when you write an email, and I'm not going to, as long as you don't, you're not too nasty, I'm not going to share your email, although I will, I can share your name, but this one has so many spelling errors. They, the little red line under the words when you're writing an email, I guess these people don't realize that that's telling them that something is spelled wrong. Okay, so this is in all caps. It comes from Jennifer. And I don't think she realized how to spell the word that I used. Because again, this is in reference to me talking about uh, murderously promiscuous women who use abortion as a form of birth control. So she writes, Jennifer writes, quote, I'm just going to read it as is. You are an aberrant skunk. So I got to stop. She, she was trying to say abhorrent, I'm sure, but that's not what she spelled. It was A-B-O-R-R-E-N-T. And skunk is not the word I use, but we'll go on. She writes, you are an aberrant skunk. Many women will die from laws that force them to carry babsies, babsies that are killing them. You are nothing but a man in a woman's body. So... There are no, there is no law that does not protect the life of the mother in any state in the union. So strike that. Secondly, no one is just magically impregnating women. There's a choice involved for 99%. So strike that argument. And I realize that I have bigger beans than most dudes, but that does not make me a man in a woman's body. So strike that. All right, next, this one was fun. So one of my haters, his name, I actually look him up because I didn't know who he was. And it makes sense now after I read it. This guy's name is Stuart Stevens. He's an old dude. And Stuart Stevens, I realized in hindsight, was one of the Romney team people back in 2012. Remember how I told you a million times Romney's people hated my guts? Stuart Stevens was one of them. He was wrong then and he's wrong now. So he was, uh, he's mad at me because I don't support taxpayer funded limitless abortion on demand. And then he actually, he writes this. He wrote, quote, there were always some opportunistic weirdos and freaks like Dana Lash around the GOP, but some of us believe they were the minority and there actually was a sane and decent core to the party. We were wrong. Trump didn't change the Republican Party. He simply revealed it. So that's Stuart Stevens, who is one of the founders, I think, of the Lincoln Project. So first off, if it makes me a freak to oppose taxpayer-funded abortion on demand with no limits, literally what Raphael Warnock co-sponsored in legislation in 2021, then okay. The fact that you think that's freaky, but baby murder as a form of a, a birth control isn't, that's freaky. But what is even freakier is this weirdo, Stuart Stevens. First off, I've never even met this guy. And I don't know what around freaks around the GOP. I don't even know what that means. 
because I've never actually been like a Republican. I'm an independent conservative. So what is weird, you want to talk about opportunistic weirdos and freaks hanging around? Do you remember the big controversy with the Lincoln Project? Hmm, I do. So the Lincoln Project, one of their co-founders, John Weaver, sent unsolicited and sexually charged messages to many, many young men. He was propositioning them. And, oh, it was a big, bad controversy about all of this. The FBI got involved. Weaver was uh, demand. He apparently requested sexually explicit material, all kinds of this. Stuart Stevens is the Lincoln Project, had to hire an outside law firm. And uh, it was it was bad. It was very, very bad and pervy. And so Stuart Stevens decided he wasn't going to leave the Lincoln Project. The grift was too good. So he decided to stay on. Hmm. And I guess he wants everybody to forget that he stayed on even when Weaver was there. And apparently there were accusations that they all knew about this stuff. I was reading some of the things from The Federalist. But long story short, I think before Stuart Stevens calls anyone else an opportunistic weirdo and freak, he might want to look at the people with whom he started this grifting group with, you know, um, pedophiles and predators who were trying to proposition young men. I mean, it sounds like that behavior. You might want to, you know, check out who you're actually working with before you have the audacity to turn around and accuse other people of being weirdos simply because they don't support taxpayer funded abortion on demand without any limitations. You freak. So there you go. I have more, but we're gonna have to save it for next week because Steve is in my ear telling me to stop talking because we're running out of time. But we will definitely have more because I have more left over. And I definitely we're gonna let's make even more money off of it and send it to crisis pregnancy centers who are under attack, by the way. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter. You get a lot of good stuff over the, uh, regularly all throughout the week. It's over at Substack, chapter and verse, and I don't abuse your information. No one sees your information at all whatsoever. I, I don't even put ads on it, which everyone's like, why don't you do that? You have like literally, I have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of subscribers, and I don't put any ads on it because when people when when people have paid subscriptions that's I want to just serve the people who are listening and serve the people who sign up and sign up to get extra information and all of that as well so and you're I never share your stuff also don't forget you can find our past interviews from this week over on uh, YouTube and Facebook as well like and subscribe over there so I have one, oh, I don't even have any time. Uh, I, I was, well, we're, we're actually almost running out of time. I went long a little bit with my last segment, but uh, just know we, our friend Kane is, he's going to be out next week. Um, but Juan and Steve are here. So you're not going to hear Kane in the back. He's, he's visiting some family and he's taking a few days off. Uh, so you'll have the, you'll have us three, which is all you need going into next week. We're going to get you set up. 
Uh, all right, today in stupidity, Steve. All right, our labor secretary, his name's Marty Walsh. He might be the most Boston man I've ever seen in my life. But he was out there uh, doing a media tour, and uh, the blame game's still going on. So, Well, certainly when it comes to energy and what we're dealing with gas, uh, I mean, that certainly was not created by this administration. Uh, we're dealing with a war in Ukraine uh, that you guys report upon every day, which is very sad and unfortunate. You're talking about decisions OPEC, OPEC has made, uh, which is very dis- disappointing as well. Nice try. Yeah. Yeah. Nice try. Nice try. Nice try, guys. Next week, we'll look at uh, how Uvalde School District has suspended their entire police force. And apparently the superintendent is set to retire now. We have some stories involving schools coming up next week. So you don't want to miss a single bit of the show. Folks, have a wonderful weekend. God bless. I will be back on air with you. Monday.